Hi, everyone, and welcome to Weekly Homilies with Father Mark Sislenko, pastor of Saints Isidore and Maria Parish in Glastonbury, Connecticut. We are part of the Catholic Archdiocese of Hartford. I'm Carol Vassar, Parish Director of Communications, and this is Episode 34 of Season 5 for the 29th Sunday in Ordinary Time, October 16th, 2022. Our Gospel reading is from Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. Jesus told his disciples a parable about the necessity for them to pray always without becoming weary. He said, There was a judge in a certain town who neither feared God nor respected any human being. And a widow in that town used to come to him and say, Render a just decision for me against my adversary. For a long time the judge was unwilling, but eventually he thought, While it is true that I neither fear God nor respect any human being, because this widow keeps bothering me, I shall deliver a just decision for her, lest she finally come and strike me. The Lord said, Pay attention to what the dishonest judge says. Will not God then secure the rights of his chosen ones who call out to him day and night? Will he be slow to answer them? I tell you, He will see to it that justice is done for them speedily. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The Gospel of the Lord. It is really very true to say that God's ways are not often our ways. In fact, if we look at how we sometimes view life, and how we may assume God views life. Those two perspectives are often polar opposites. What we consider important for ourselves, for example, may not be of importance in God's vision for the world. And so when it comes to the topic of prayer, how we define that word and how we see the purpose and place of prayer in our life is going to make a huge difference in terms of how we then relate to God or whether we relate at all. And so the question can be asked of each one of us today, what is prayer? What is prayer? It can also be asked, do we pray? Do we pray? You see, because how we answer those questions is going to determine what we expect to gain from prayer. For some of us, we left prayer years ago when we learned our lessons for religious education. Prayer may be the Our Father, the Hail Mary, and maybe the glory be. For some, maybe they've even forgotten those as well. Some of us may be sitting here today wondering how to pray and admitting to oneself that they really don't know how to approach God. So what is prayer? You know, young children, from the time that they 
first begin to develop some sense of reason and order, know how to work their way around the system. And they can figure out very quickly which parent is the best target for being the one who will give them what they want when they want it. And so they learn how to work this whole system and find their way around. And when they realize that it's one or the other who is the easy mark, they take their request and they're quite persistent in trying to achieve it. And they will pester and they will manipulate and they will pout and they will cry and they will make life as miserable as possible for their mark until that parent has had enough, gets disgusted, and gives in. The child realizes it has won and readies itself to repeat this process once again the next time. As we consider who God is, Is that how God operates? Is that the way the divine system is put in place? So in other words, is it true that if I really want something bad enough, and if I hound God long enough, if I change the words I use and use different words, if I try to do things in a different way, if I try to be a different person, is God going to then listen to me more because of my persistence? Is God going to be that parent who finally gives in because they're just sick of listening to us and want to get on with something else? Sometimes in our habits of prayer, that's exactly who we think God is, that somehow the goal of prayer is to convince God that my agenda is important. And sometimes that agenda can be laudable and credible. It may not even have something to do with myself. It may have something to do with someone else, but it's important. And God has to attend to this. And we try every avenue to make that work. But is that how God sees things? Let's think of another image that we can carry that can help us perhaps look at the world and ourselves as God sees us. Imagine parents who have welcomed their newly born infant into the world. And as that child begins to grow, we know that that happens so rapidly that one day leads to another day and all these subtle and not-so-subtle changes begin to occur, and that child quickly begins to grow into an independent, thinking human being who has their own personality. And at some point, the parents, as they gaze upon that child, are so awestruck by the beauty of what they see and the tremendous love that they have that just outpours. And then one day that child begins to utter sounds and begins to form 
what begins to sound like a word. And it may be a mumble at first, and they may fumble over what they're trying to say, but slowly but surely they begin to form a sound. And that first word that is spoken by the child is relished by the parent, and they delight in the fact that their child is beginning to speak. There is so much delight that they want to share this with others. See what my child can do. And they bond, and this becomes a source of intense love and intimacy. And that parent is very happy sitting there listening to their child, even if what they hear is only a mumble. It's the beginning of something. Do you ever suppose that that's how God is with us? That maybe it's not so important that we use the proper words all of the time. Maybe it's not important that we put our requests in the right order. Maybe it's important for us to just simply show up and desire his presence more so than anything else. Even if we fumble and even if we mumble, God doesn't care. He delights in listening to us as we are with what we have to say. From God's perspective, it's all about relationship. And he wants us to understand that his tremendous love for us trumps all things. That ultimately, knowing that infinite, unconditional love is really the secret to what it means to be a human being. And he wants us to know that all those things that preoccupy our minds, all those things that we obsess about, all of those things that we worry about, he's got them in his care. Israel had to learn this as Moses held his hands up and had to do so in order for success to be gained. God says to us, I've got your back. All things are in my care. I know what you need. Do you believe that? Do you believe in your relationship with God that he has your back? That ultimately, no matter how difficult life gets, no matter how challenging it becomes, no matter how confused we are, as long as we go back to the source of life and love to God himself, however we have to mumble and find our way through, as long as we show up, do we believe that God hears us? Because sometimes the only word that we can formulate that can come out of our mouth is help. And that's enough. You see, all God wants is our heart. And that really is the goal of prayer. It's not getting what we want. It's getting what we need. And what we need is that relationship with him. Because that's the source and the beginning of all the other relationships and things in our life. That relationship with God is what's going to make sense out of the bigger picture of life.
So what does prayer do for us? Prayer gives us the three things we cannot give ourselves. And that's a greater faith, a more certain hope, and a more perfect love. So as we bring ourselves to God in prayer and as we seek out that presence, even though we may not feel it and may not know it all the time, as we throw ourselves into the presence of God and strive to love him with our whole heart, mind, and soul, we will walk away with those three gifts. That's guaranteed. Greater faith, more certain hope, and a more perfect love. Because the world is crazy, and sometimes it spins out of control. But just because the world consistently goes through its growing pains, it still contains a lot of beauty, a lot of wonder, a lot of awe, and has a potential of meaning. But the disciple, you and I, have to go out into that world. And the only way we can do that is armed with the persistent strength of proper prayer. Father Mark Stislenko is the pastor of Saints Isidore and Maria Parish in Glastonbury, Connecticut. Learn more about our parish community at isidoreandmaria.org and follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our music comes free of charge from Blue Dot Sessions in Fall River, Massachusetts. I'm Carol Vassar. Thanks for listening. <laughs>